want to say action? Action. <laughs> oh, you're one of those directors that, that whisper it or they don't scream it. You know what? I actually don't say it that much because mm. in this movie, they couldn't hear me. I was so <laughs> far away. For 1917, this was a very personal movie for you because you had a family member that you kind of based the screenplay on. And So how much of that was artistic license and how much of that was that you heard through the family or maybe letters or... Well, it was very personal, and it was based on stories my grandfather told me, but it was all artistic license. I mean, it's not about my grandfather, um, but it's because of my grandfather that I was interested in the first place. And he told us many stories, and none of them were about conventional acts of heroism or bravery. They were all about the, random, the randomness of, of how he managed to survive when his friends died standing next to him, and um, chance and coincidence, and a kind of accidental heroism in a way. And that's what the movie's about. Uh, two men who, through no choice of their own, get thrust into something that, in a way, forces them to, it forces us to, to, to find out who they are as, as human beings, really. The World War I was the most useless war, the first modern war, most senseless war, the most violent war. And I think your movie really showcases the absurdity yeah. of war, of the carnage, for what? You know, it wasn't like we had Hitler to battle or some good Absolutely evil. Absolutely right. It was just, yeah. I still don't know what, we'll, and watch five-day documentaries yeah, on it, and I'm like, all I need to see is the carnage of this awful war, yeah. and I've never been immersed in a war film like yours before where I'm in the action, and you just feel the destruction and the, and the, the senselessness. Yeah, the devastation. I think you're right. I think the reason that movies tackle World War II more is there's a definable enemy. You know, the Nazis, there's no one out there, well, it's a few freaks who think that's still a good thing, but mostly people acknowledge they were the baddies, right? But here, it's, it's really difficult to know why they're fighting. And, and it was the loss of a whole generation, the hundreds of thousands, millions of men dying over tiny areas of land, you know. But this is a moment in the war when suddenly the British wake up and the Germans have retreated to a new line. And uh, this happened, they retreated to the Hindenburg Line in the, in the spring of 1917. And, and suddenly these two men are cut adrift in this landscape they've been fighting over. And it's not just trenches and mud. It's orchards and forests and farmhouses and towns. And, you know, so it's, it's the landscape of the whole war. And it, it goes through many different atmospheres, many different moods. Um, and that's one of the reasons why it's possible to sustain something that is just a linear journey because it's constantly shifting all the time. So you're right about that in terms of the war itself, and it was, a, it was a senseless war, but it was also a time in history when the whole shape of the world changed. You know, the, the boundaries of Europe were redrawn. It was the beginning of modern warfare, as you say. Um, but on the other hand, you don't need to know anything about the First World War to see the movie, to step into the world. You know, you, you don't even have to read a, a, a dedication, you know, a caption at the beginning to try and explain what's going on. No, nothing, you just have to step in and meet these two men and, and, and then go on their journey with them. When I spoke to Roger Deakins, he said when he got the script, it just said one shot. And he said he was, he was terrified about that. <laughs> so, you know, I'm looking for all the tricks and everything like that. But then after like 20 minutes, the story just drags yeah. you and I forgot about yes. the technical well, aspect. That makes me very happy because that's absolutely what we wanted. You know, to not draw attention to the camera, but for the camera to simply, you know, for, for you to just, it's a window into, into their, this, these characters' journeys, you know, and it makes a more emotional, a direct emotional connection with the characters and their journey. And I'm very happy when you, people say that they lose awareness of the one shot and just, you know, when we previewed the movie for the first time, I said, don't tell the audience anything about it. 
And um, we asked people afterwards, well, did you notice anything about, about the way it was shot? And less than half of the people said it's one shot because they were watching the story. And that's what I want, you know. Um, but having said that, it is a very unusual film, you know, it, because you are experiencing time with the characters. You're sensing the distance they have to travel. You are alongside them the whole way. It is immersive, not just visually, but also the way we use sound and music. It's a big screen experience, and I'm very much wanting people to go and see it on the big screen. I am president and founder of the Las Vegas Film Critics Society, and today we announce our awards, and Roger Deakins takes home Best Cinematography. Fantastic. Did you tell him? I did. Fantastic. Yeah, so I just wanted to say how much we adore this film. And, That's uh, great. And uh, I really think it's on the, on the level of Lawrence of Arabia. This is a movie that comes along you know, once in a generation. Oh, so. wow. Thank you so much. That's unbelievably generous. Thank you. Total thrill. Thank you. you. Thanks a lot. You bet. A lovely thing to say.